were saying last week that hope and faith are just two of the graces of God, and grace is God's ability to us. And it was God's grace that gave us mercy. His grace, God's ability came through His mercy that while we were sinned, Christ died for us so that all of our sins could be wiped out by us just receiving them without having to do anything but just believe Jesus died for us. And there is a battle a lot of times over our emotions for our our faith and our hope to rise in God and to rest in that place of joy when we know real situations and real things that we're dealing with that um, that take away our peace and bring frustration to us. And I just want you to take a moment this morning and just close your eyes and if you're feeling like you connect with God, can't connect with God, that you would just lift your thoughts, lift that problem to God and give it to Him because it's the grace of God that has to take what you're carrying so that you can receive from the Holy Spirit, that you can experience the joy and the presence of God that He has for you. Lord, we just collectively give the different things that are concerning us that, Lord, take away our our focus of our heart, that take away our emotions from resting in you. And we want to give you everything right now that we might just lift our vision to you, that we might lift our eyes upon you. We know the things that we are experiencing, we have no, uh, no ability to change them. But we're asking for your grace, Lord, your ability to take everything, God, that we can rise in faith, we can rise in hope that you have got our back, you've got these situations, you've got our family members, you've got people in our lives that we're concerned about, you've got our finances, God, you've got our, our bodies and the healings that we need. God, you have everything that we need. We pray for the grace of God to descend upon us. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. You know, there's atmospheres, like today it's kind of cloudy, blocking the sun. But Jesus has given us access by faith into heaven. And we enter by faith through the atmospheres, through Satan, the God of this world, through the atmosphere that he puts over us by discouragement and doubt and depression and oppression and the different things that we deal with but it is our faith that causes us to rise up and we approach heaven in faith we come boldly before his throne and we bypass all the atmospheres that want to steal our joy and our hope and that's how we appropriate the grace and power of God in our life to rise above whatever we are facing that's discouraging us thank you I want to read something from Max Lucado that he wrote, he's a, if you probably read any of his stuff over the years, he's kind of a real inspired uh, writer, and he really makes usual things, just kind of makes them exciting, and he wrote this about, um, it began in a manger. It all happened in a most remarkable moment, a moment like no other, for through that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became a man, divinity arrived, heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent, in one instant, became flesh and blood. The one who was larger than the universe became a microscopic embryo. And he who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God had come near. He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one who first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. Mary and Joseph were anything but royal, yet heaven entrusted its greatest treasure to these simple parents, 
It began in a manger, this momentous moment in time. He looked anything but a king, his faith prunish and red, his cry still helpless and piercing cry of a dependent baby, majesty in the midst of mundane, holiness in the filth of sheep manure and sweat. This baby had overseen the universe. These rags keeping him warm were the robes of eternity. His golden throne room had been abandoned in favor of a dirty sheep pen, and worshiping angels had been replaced with a kind of bewildering shepherds. Curious, this royal throne room, no tapestries covering the windows, no velvet garments on the courtiers, no golden scepter or glittering crown. Curious, the sounds in the court, cows munching, hooves crunching, and a mother humming a baby nursery. It could have become anywhere the story of the king, but curiously, it began in a manger. Step into the doorway, peek through the windows. He's here. Jesus is here right now. Again, no matter what we see or what we feel, Jesus is here. He's here for you. He's here for me. He's here for us. I want to talk about Jesus, the miracle of Christmas. And this, this season, this time is incredible. You know, we have on top of our billboard out there, on top of our sign, it says, God's love changing lives. And it's that, that miracle. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. When God just pours his love into you, it's not like you can make it come. Sometimes we ask for it. But it's interesting when God just downloads his love upon us, sometimes it's without any warning, without any seeking after him. And we feel those profound moments where a love that we cannot even identify or describe comes in and bathes our heart with emotion, releasing that emotion, releasing that that fear that we've had, the apprehension, because God's love comes and so settles us, so fills us with this peace that we feel like we have arrived. And all of that, we would never, ever lose that feeling of his love. And yet, it seems to lift sometimes. But it doesn't mean he hasn't left us. And I think of uh, this, Christ- this Christmas time when we're reminded so much about Jesus and Christmas. In fact, the whole world, you know, is focused on Jesus' birth. It's Christmas. It's an incredible time. But I think that one of the biggest things about Christmas is about the Holy Spirit. And that's really the miracle of Christmas, is what the Holy Spirit did. And you know, I was raised in the Baptist church as a young person, and I felt God's love when at Christmas time when I was eight. And I spent a lot of time in church learning the Bible, learning hymns and songs and psalms and uh, just basking in the presence of God. I learned a lot about, you know, reading the word and becoming strong, but it was when I was in my 20s and I came to Gospel Temple, later became Christian Community Church under Ernest Gentile, where I started recognizing the Holy Spirit, the one who comes and lives inside of me when I accepted Jesus. The one that baptizes me with a presence that is incredible, that empowers me to live the Christian life, that reminds me of the love of God, that is always living inside of me, that is always uh, giving us that prophetic, sometimes uh, sensitivity of what's going on and how he's working. The one who takes us through our daily life and is always there, the Holy Spirit. 
Well, I want to start off talking about Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 1, 18 through 25, Matthew, a disciple of Jesus, is giving the account of Jesus' birth. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was mindful to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to, your, to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We know in John three seventeen that Jesus' people that he died for was all the people of the world. Every person who would ever be born, Jesus died for them. But it's conditional about will they receive that forgiveness of sin? Will they receive that gift of eternal life and a relationship with God of the universe? In verse 22, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she, was brought forth, she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, you moms that are here know what it is to carry a child and carry a baby. This thing the Holy Spirit initiated in Mary was the most profound thing. Talk about a powerful God who does something so incredibly uh, like creating life in an egg and having it just bring forth the Son, Jesus, in Mary's womb. I don't think we think about that often enough. Because if we really can grab hold of what Jesus, his birth was about, being conceived by the Holy Spirit, and us knowing who we have living inside of us as believers, it can generate such a faith in us of who we have with us, who we have who has our back and who has great plans for us, and he has great things for all of us. The Holy Spirit on people affected by Jesus' conception there's a number of accounts that are in the Bible about the Holy Spirit around this time. And as John the Baptist was that forerunner for Jesus, announcing him when he came into that place of ministry, it's interesting that the Holy Spirit is kind of like that forerunner uh, declaring what he's going to do through Jesus and in this birth. In Luke 1, 39 through 45, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist in her womb and Mary's coming to visit her. And just at 
the, the greeting with Mary, that baby, John the Baptist, leaped. It just shows the call, the destiny that was in uh, that baby, John. And even though these two babies were there, the recognition of the power of the Holy Spirit generating life in these two babies in their mother's womb created that prophetic atmosphere where Elizabeth almost starts talking prophetically. Well, she does talk prophetically. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. The Lord is the promise keeper. He keeps the promises that he's made. Holy Spirit is a servant who works and brings the promises to pass in our life. He brings the fulfillment of everything God says to us. Again, the unseen Holy Spirit, the one that we can't even always attach feelings to, and yet the one who's always with us, always working, always there. Remember last week, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you have your desperate needs and you call on God, you can depend and believe that the Holy Spirit is taking action for your prayer to bring the answer. Zechariah at John the Baptist's birth prophesied by the Holy Spirit. Again, the more and more we're familiar with Scripture and, you know, being in the local church, we see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through a prophetic word, through encouragement. Dory got up and gave that encouraging word today. That's the prophetic atmosphere that we're receiving in church, we're feeling in church, and then we respond to. In Luke 1, 67-69, Now, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn, or a ruler, of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. You know, back in that time when, you know, Zechariah was used to offering those sacrifices and, you know, he had, his mouth had been shut up now this, probably this nine-month period uh, that Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist and he hadn't spoken a word. But when this time of release came for him and God released and opened his mouth again, can you imagine people who hadn't heard uh, Zechariah talk that he begins to thunder out this prophetic uh, word of blessing? It must have been like, Overwhelming, the atmosphere must have been electrified with the Holy Spirit as he began to speak those words. Then we have Simeon. The Holy Spirit was upon this man. And in Luke 2, 25-32, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Talk about a man having faith and hope. Hope in this promise of that a Messiah was going to come on the scene. A hope that he didn't see, but yet this hope was alive because he was a devout. He stayed devout in his faith in God, in his worship of the Lord, in this practice of the Jewish religion, waiting for the Messiah. But now the Holy Spirit is upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. So he came by, by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus 
to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Will we be those in these days who are filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to give witness of the things God has promised? Will we have those prophetic moments? Will we so walk with the Lord where those prophetic moments will come upon us and we might declare something among people that are waiting and yet it, doesn't, may, it may not look like it or in our, in our own um, human understanding, we might think we would be embarrassed to say it, but something would come over us, the Holy Spirit would so come over us and we would declare something that would change the atmosphere and the people around us. Our key verse for today, Matthew 1, 20. The Holy Spirit who is at work, conceiving and creating constantly. But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, Mary being pregnant, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Strong's uh, defines conceived to procreate, coming from the Father, but by extension of the Mother. It is that work of the Holy Spirit that comes into us, and we are like co laborers and workers with us. We are the host in which He works, but it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us that does miraculous and powerful things to transform our lives. Mary, as conception, has no value unless that there is a host to carry what has been conceived. So the Virgin Mary carried the miracle baby Jesus. The person who believes in Jesus Christ becomes a host for the miraculous work of being born again by the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs a heart or a spirit of a person to move through. Another definition of uh, conceive from the Strong's is to... Is, uh, to regenerate, to bear. The Holy Spirit allows us to bear different things. We bear the promises of God. We we bear faith to those promises. We bear faith of who God is. Sometimes we bear burdens of intercession for people, burdens of caring or helping people in their needs. Those are places that... uh, that God is working with our, our humanness and our abilities in the natural to do natural things. The Holy Spirit allows us to bear fruit in our lives, fruit that come from the Holy Spirit having residence for our tuning our heart and our ear to the Word of God and allowing ourselves to become obedient to those things that He says to us. Or as we read the Word and we see those things that He's saying and we know that He's saying, speaking to us, we come with our will and we present ourselves back to God and we say yes. I will be a vessel. I will do this, but it has to be you who, do, who does the work. It has to be you that does the things you're convicting me about so I can better be a person to carry what you want me to do. Another word is about being born. To conceive is to be born, to bring forth. A lot of times there are things the Holy Spirit is conceiving in us and it's going to take a real work of God for us to bring it forth. 
for us to see it come to pass. To conceive, to be delivered of, to make or to spring. Again, when we're saved, it says that we're born again. So there's a work that begins of new creating, new creativity, new transformation that goes on in our life. You know, sometimes we go through seasons when we walk away from God and we kind of put Him on the back burner and we go our own way. But then we get to this place where we come back and don't beat yourself up for coming back. Just come back. Let the work of conception continue. Let the work of transformation continue. Let the work of being remade continue. Another part of the definition is about king being born in a country. It talks about something that we have not even experienced yet, that we're part of a kingdom. And in Revelations uh, 1, 6, it says we become kings and priests unto God. When this is all done, we're in a whole different place. We're, we're in this royal family. It doesn't matter how low or how high we've been in this, in this life, but God is going to raise us all as his kings and priests, and we're going to minister to him, and we're going to have such a life that we cannot even imagine. You know, sometimes uh, you would say that, man, I don't feel like I'm that fruitful, or I don't see any stock. Maybe you're laboring over your own kids being saved, or, or maybe you don't have children. But that's a promise of bearing fruit and uh, bringing other people into the kingdom, being a part of other people becoming born again and became, becoming children of God. That's what God can use you for. As he's conceiving his life in you, you're going to bear that life to other people. The miracle of, of Christmas is conception, a work and activity of God's Holy Spirit. Conceived from the Websters to become pregnant, to imagine and understand. There's that word conceivable. With the Holy Spirit, we are conceivable. That means he can expand our own limitations, the things that we put on ourselves, the things that people have said about us or put on us, the things that we've gone through that want to define us. There's an ability through the Holy Spirit to conceive something in us <clears throat> that no one can stop. He can expand our own limitations. Conceivably, with the Holy Spirit in us, there are no limitations. Only the ones sometimes we put on ourselves. And sometimes we have to just stop, stop our limitations and say, God, I just want to submit the limitations I have in my human understanding, my human thinking. Maybe you're praying for someone, and it seems it's impossible for them to be saved. With God, nothing is impossible. Keep lifting them up. Keep praying for them. Keep drawing them by the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, draw them to you. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul the Apostle reminds us, Excuse me. <coughs> the Holy Spirit reminds us that I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God is a conceiver. The Holy Spirit is a conceiver. We through the Holy Spirit have new hearts and minds that can conceive godly things. His higher will for us for the whole person, naturally and spiritual, they're by the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Our conception by the Lord in Psalms 139, 13 through 16, you were formed, my, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. 
For I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Did you ever think that you're a marvelous work? I know a lot of times the enemy helps us look at the negative things and we beat ourselves up, but in God's eyes, you're a marvelous work. Even before you received Jesus, he was looking ahead and he was guarding over your being formed in your mother's womb. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written. You know, some of you moms have books on your kids where you wrote different things. You know, you had their footprint in there, their fingerprints, and you wrote different things maybe for a while about your children. Do you ever really consider how God has been writing things about you in his book? Man, could you think of the journal God has on us? And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet they were none of them. That part where God took notice of us to create us and have us be born. No matter what has happened to you that would try to hate the day you were born or I feel like you've had a miserable life, I tell you, the Holy Spirit in you wants to erase all of that by what he wants to do now and from the day that moves forward, from today that goes onward for the rest of your life. In John 4, 24, it says that God is the Spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And it is the Holy Spirit that makes us alive in Jesus Christ and makes our spirit able to connect with God, that we can keep receiving messages from God that the Holy Spirit brings us. The things that God thinks about us, the Holy Spirit reminds us of and he brings into our remembrance so that we have a constant advocate and someone constantly talking to us. We need to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Again, that part in Matthew 20, uh, 120b, that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. What has the Holy Spirit conceived in you? What has the Holy Spirit created in you? A couple of questions you can just kind of ponder this week as you think about how the Holy Spirit is doing that work of conceiving things in you. <clears throat> as Mary was moved on by the Holy Spirit to conceive the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, we must have Holy Spirit do a conceiving work in our hearts and lives. I think it's a continual conceiving work. Just as we see technology unfolding every day and things advancing, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that's greater than anything man can think up and create. There is a constant work the Creator is doing in our life. Or do you feel like sometimes you're at the end of yourself and you're limited? That's when you need to call on the Holy Spirit because there's a creativity that God releases in you that no one else can release in you. You have an ability to uh, hit some heights in, in your natural abilities. But I tell you with the Holy Spirit, there's no limits what God can do through you. In John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Again, the Holy Spirit draws us. The Father's love draws us. God draws us. He offers us a different way to live. He, he offers us different alternatives. He doesn't get tired of us when we're slow in following him, when we're slow in responding. But he knows the progress that we need to take. He knows the journey we're on. But he is faithful to keep offering to us a better way. As the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus, we are moved to respond, inviting him in. 
We, like the birth of Jesus, are conceived by the Holy Spirit to begin our new life in Christ. That's being born again. That's the starting of that union, of that fellowship, of that teamwork between you and Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. In Luke 135, the angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. You can ask that for yourself. God, come upon me. Overshadow me. You know, sometimes we get to the place where we just, we're, we're itching for something new to happen. That's when those prayers of, God, recreate me. God, regenerate me. God, renew me. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit suddenly come upon you? A thought, a prophetic word, a feeling of encouragement, something that he wants you to do? I had a moment like that this morning. There was a gentleman outside. He was kind of ushering people back for the clinic they're doing for the animals back there and had this thought about, yeah, why don't you just invite that guy uh, to come tonight to the Christmas party? And he comes up to me, and he asked me what time church started. It was like a God thing. I love it how you, when you think to do something, God is involved in our hearts and in our lives. That, those are the, the times where God is just confirming to us that we are hearing the Spirit because He speaks to us in our own understanding. And He speaks through our own hearing and our own thoughts. We're to expect the Holy Spirit coming upon us. In 1 Thessalonians 5, that first part of the verse, Paul the Apostle of Jesus said, Our gospel did not come to you in only word, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit. Great conviction, the Amplified Bible says, and in much assurance. Conviction moves us to act on what God is saying to us. Assurance gives us the peace and confidence that we are right where God wants us to be. The Holy Spirit regenerates us. Regeneration is another word for being conceived. The word regenerate is also one word of the words used to define conceive. In Titus 3, 4, and 5, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You moms know, remember the first time you took your baby home and you washed that baby? You washed that baby. That baby didn't wash itself. So we come to Jesus and He washes us. He washes us from things of the past. He washes us from irritations. He washes us from failure. He washes us from sins. He washes us from our inconsistencies as Christians. He washes us when we're, when we're prayerless. He washes us when we're unbelieving. He washes us when we're drifting away. That's the work the Holy Spirit's doing. It's like mom washing that baby clean. The Holy Spirit washes us. We're his children. He washes over us over and over again cleansing us and make us, making us righteous, making us pure, making us holy so that we can connect with God, so we can receive from Him. He's always working on us in such a way to wash away the thoughts that condemn and separate and make us feel like we're, we haven't done enough, we haven't worked hard enough, we haven't earned it. He washes those thoughts away that we can be receivers, that we can just keep taking in the goodness that He has for us. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Jesus said, If anyone... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
and all things are constantly, moment by moment, becoming new because of the precious work of the Holy Spirit who's always doing new things in us, who's always doing things to expand us because we we're so creatures of routine. It's so hard for me every week to come in here and knowing there's so much familiar things. Oh God, help us to break out of the, just the familiar uh, t- of the time we come and we're gathering together, the fil- familiarness of maybe even the orchestration of our services. But it is our desire to be here that we might experience the newness of what the Holy Spirit would say and do in our lives. In Ephesians 2, 10, the first part of the verse, Paul the Apostle reminds us, we are, we are his workmanship. I mean, I have to say my life. I've been a Christian since I was nine years old. And sometimes I'm working so hard. Sometimes I'm working so hard to do everything I can do. And sometimes I just have to step back and just receive. It is the hardest thing for us to receive. Once we learn, we become workers. Once we get something down, we produce. We act on it. But God so has to bring us back to that place of dependence upon him, of receiving from him, that he is the worker above all workers that he cares about you more than anyone else cares about you, and he's working for your good. No matter what Satan tells you, no matter what people say to you, no matter what your circumstances keep echoing in your ears, it is God who's working in you to create good things. He is the workmanship created in Christ Jesus. When we're born again, I can't even see, my eyes are teared up. When we are born again, we move into Jesus, the carpenter shop. We move into his carpenter shop. The Holy Spirit is his power tool in our lives to change us, to reshape us, to give us a whole new vision, a whole new purpose in our life. Oh, to be in that place where we allow him to work on us. So often we see something wants to do and he starts working and we, we leave the carpenter shop to go work or, or, or try to produce something that God has showed us he wants us to do. But I think there's times we have to just stay in the carpenter shop. We have to stay before the Lord where he's working on us and working on us and working on us by his Holy Spirit. In Colossians 3.10, we have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. It shows us again we have to constantly be in the word. We have to constantly read the word because the word washes over our minds. It washes out the messages of the world. It washes out the messages that life has said to us of the things, the words, the negative words that so easily go into our heart and our soul and they register. Or, or the words that remind us of our failures, that Jesus forgives. Maybe you have people around you that you feel like they haven't forgiven you for what you've done. doesn't matter about people around you. If God's forgiven you, you're forgiven. And you need to walk in that forgiveness because in that forgiveness and walking in that reality, your mind is renewed and the hope you have is restored and the joy that God has for you comes and the peace of God that, that brings you just such a, a calmness about life fills you to overflowing. In Ephesians 4.24, Paul says, put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. It's your right It's your right of inheritance. The moment you accept Jesus, you're new. And you have to just put them on when the thoughts are bombarding, when the feelings are overwhelming, when the problems are mounting. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a new man. I'm a new person in you. Thank you. No matter what's going on, I'm new. No matter what I feel like, I'm new. I'm new. And you're working and you're in me and you're going to change me, God. 
You're going to make me into something beautiful, and I'm going to look back someday and see where you've brought me from to see where I am. Christ formed in us, Galatians 4.19, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Our, our advisors and the people leading with us in church, that's our, that's, that's our prayer, or that's what we would say. We labor here to see Christ formed in every person here, to see them grow up. And we aspire people to grow up big and to take on the call of God even, that some of you would even be called into ministry because you nurture the call of God in your life, because we're telling you that you're valuable and God loves you and you're worth it. You're worth Jesus dying for you. You're worth what he did to go to the cross to suffer for you. And he'd do it again because he loves you and he cares about you. Finally, I want to read you something on Matthew 120 about Jesus' conception that Matthew Henry wrote. The Conception of Jesus. Mary's pregnancy of the promised seed. Before they came together, she was found with child, which really was of the Holy Ghost. The marriage was deferred so long after the contract that she appeared to be with child before the time came for the solemnizing of the marriage though she was contracted before she was conceived. Probably it was after her return from her cousin Elizabeth, with whom she continued three months, according to Luke 156, that Mary was perceived by Joseph <clears throat> to be with child and did not herself deny it. Note, those in whom Christ is formed will show it. We are to show who is conceived in us. We are to show it. And sometimes we, we are so ashamed of ourselves that we hold, we veil our hearts with darkness. We, we, we put a cover. We don't want people to see us because we are ashamed about all the other things we see about ourselves. The accuser of the brethren, the one who's always lying about us. But he's saying we need to allow who's in us to be revealed in our lives. Those in whom Christ is formed will show it. It will be found to be a work of God, which he will own. He owns us. Man, so often I do things, I'm thinking like, oh my, like I've had some attitudes this week, struggled with some depression this week. I'm thinking, I hate who I'm, I hate how I'm coming across. But he's never ashamed of us. When we see our weaknesses and we want to withhold who we are because we feel like our testimony does not match who Christians should be, we put that cover over ourselves, but he is not ashamed of us. He cares and loves for us. Our Christian miracle is also a work of God by the Holy Spirit in us who believe.